Last week we were in here together, and, uh, and Pastor Michael, you saw him just a minute ago, read a word of worship. Um, he led us through the beginning part of this little three-week look into Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. And he focused mostly on the first verse, and he looked at and he poured over through us and pulled apart that we should be worshiping God with our whole selves, with our whole lives, not maybe just a few minutes here and there, not with just a few different things, but how it calls us to worship with all that we are. He left us um, last week with a couple challenges, and the challenge was to consider. Uh, He asked us to consider the life that God has given us. He asked us to consider the sin that, that God had taken from us. And then he asked us to consider ways that we could then take our ordinary lives, our everyday ordinary lives, and give them back to God as our act of worship. I'm really glad that he, that he ended with this challenge to, to consider, to think on things, think on things, ways we could do that. Because today, we're going to be back in Romans 1 and 2, Romans 12, 1 and 2, um, and we're going to be looking at what it has to say about our minds. So as we get started, I want to talk about our minds a little bit. I think they're absolutely incredible. Um, I, I kind of think that they're really the wonder of, of our physical body. They, they're the control center, the hub. Not only do they control like our physical functions, but it's where things like our imagination, our memories, our personality, all of these things live, our emotions, the ideas that we have, all of the different thoughts that happen in a day for us, they all live and start with our mind. So we're going to do just, and this is going to take just the tiniest bit of participation, um, nothing physical, like nobody's got to, <laughs> no challenges this morning where we've got to do something up on stage or anything, but I'm going to ask you a couple questions, really just, just really simple ones here, and just one to start, but how many thoughts do you think that we have in a day? I've done a little research, so I'm not going to shout out a number yet. I, want to see where, I just want to see where we may be in the room. So you, this is the part where you shout out. You have permission. It's okay. A number. Thought, how many thoughts do we have in a day? 4,500. 4, okay. 200,000. Spoiler, y'all are overachievers. <laughs> 1,200, okay, I mean, we're, I mean, even in the room, there's this, there's this big gap. Now, there are two different studies that I found. They're independent from each other. They don't, they didn't, they didn't share or do anything together, but one of them is from Queen's University in um, Kingston, Canada. And Queen's University, their study found 6,200 thoughts in a day. Um, now, for some of our guesses, that looks like we're not doing much. But the other one, it was published by the National Science Foundation found, on average, these are averages, 30,000 in a day, some less, some more. So you can see, um, maybe they give us a little credit, a little less credit than some of us do. But either way, these are, these are big numbers. And, and I know that there's some discrepancy there. Between 6,200 and 30,000 is a pretty big gap. Um, and I can't tell you all the things that go into a study like this. I can't tell you what they define as what's an individual thought, what counts, what doesn't count. But for today, we're going to give ourselves a, a little bit of credit and pull this up. And we're just going to say, on average, 21,200 thoughts per day. That's a lot. That, that's, that's some brain power. We're doing some things there. Now, we take that average, and here, here are some numbers that they found that, that, to me, I think are a little scarier. On average, so it means some less, some more. On average, 80% of those thoughts 
will be negative. 80. That's 16,960 negative thoughts a day. You want to do more math, it's 706 in an hour, and that, I don't think that's taking into account when we're sleeping. So you can up that number by taking those sleeping hours out, unless you're having some really terrible dreams. I guess that counts. I read these numbers and I thought to myself, man, if, if 80% of my thoughts are negative, how, how am I worshiping God with my mind? If 80% in a day are negative, whether it's that number or a way smaller number, if 80% of my thoughts in a day are negative, how am I worshiping God with my mind? Now, I know some of us are already, already thinking, oh, great, this is going to be a fun and encouraging morning. <laughs> Sounds good. Don't do that. That's, that's going to be, that's going to fall in that 80%. That's a negative. Don't do it. We're going to push that one back. But, but when something like this happens for me, I don't, I don't stop there. Like, I've got these other questions that brings me more things. Like, what, what's causing that? What's making that happen? What's, what's getting in the way of me worshiping with my mind? Well, and, and goodness, what do we do about that? Well, today, what we're going to do right now is we're going to look at God's Word. It's going to be a great place for us to start. So if you would stand with me, we're going to be back in Romans 12, 1 and 2. Sorry, I, I promised no physical participation earlier, but I, I see what just happened. So let's read together. Here we go. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. You can have a seat. This week we're going to focus in, last week we did verse 1, and this week we're going to look at just, just a little piece right in the middle there, right in the beginning of verse 2, that's going to help, us, help give us some insight on, on these questions we have about our minds. And it's this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Again, our piece this morning, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of of your mind. Here, through Paul, God gives us this kind of two-part statement. He breaks it down. We've got this negative, don't be this, and instead do this. He lays this out. Here's the negative. Here's the negative problem. And then he gives us, and instead of that, here is the positive solution. So the way we're going to break this down and look at it is going to be the same way. We're going to look at it that way this morning and try to answer some of our questions of what either causes or what is it that gets in the way of worshiping God with our mind. So it says, the first part, do not be conformed to this world. Let's get on the same page here for a couple of things. We've got a couple of words and phrases highlighted up there. This world, when we read this, we need to know it kind of, it translates most clearly to this evil age. This, this evil time that we're in. When he's writing this, it refers to his time, this evil age, this evil time, the things that are evil around us of the world that we live in right now, this evil age. So do not be conformed to this world, this evil 
age. And the next part we need to look at is conformed. It's a big, big part of this. And this is how we need to be thinking about this. Conformed is to be molded. It's to, for pressure to be applied from the outside to make something fit. Um, think of it kind of like this. This is, this is Plato um, and the good stuff. It's, it's even still has like canister shape. If uh, maybe you're familiar, Plato, um, I've got two little ones, two little boys. So this is a pretty regular play or project thing for them. Um, and honestly, it's probably been a snack once or twice um, <laughs> before, we, before we caught that and stopped it. Um, maybe you don't have little ones, and that's, that's fine. Maybe you remember this from when you were younger and you used to play with it or sneak a, sneak a sample here and there. But it's simply modeling clay. It's, it's, just, it's just clay. That's all it is. Um, you, you mold it, you mash it, you roll it, you cut it up, you make it into things, you try to just make shapes with it. When it dries out and falls in your carpet, it becomes sharp, tiny little rocks that will cut the bottom of your feet. Thank you, boys. Um, but that's all it is. It's just a simple thing. Now this here, I brought this, um, borrowed from my boys. This is, this is, a, little, this is a little mold, a little, little T-Rex mold, little fella. And this mold works, works the same way that this conformed idea works. So when you think about this, all this mold does is it takes the Play-Doh and, and you press it and it forms it into the shape of, in our case, little T-Rex. That's it. You just apply the pressure and slowly it mashes the clay to fit the mold here. This works a lot like our word conformed in Paul's, Paul's letter to the Romans. So let's identify some of the things that that press in on us, that are conforming us. Paul helps us out with a couple lists in some other of his letters in Colossians 3 and Ephesians 4 uh, and Philippians 4. Here's some of, some of the things from that list. Sexual immorality, impurity, jealousy, anger, slander, lying, greed, anxiety, worry, these evils, they just they continue to just press and press and take us and mash us into what this evil age, what the world looks like. Now, I know, we just said a second ago, well, that said this evil age. Paul's talking about his time. That's fair. But these evils haven't gone anywhere. If I'm the one that spoiled that for you, I'm very sorry, but we got to hear that. This stuff hasn't gone anywhere. Some of it looks exactly the same. Some of it may be dressed a little differently, but... They're still present in our age, and again, I hate to break this to you, our age is still just as evil. It just is. It's the world we live in, the broken because of sin world that we have. Now they may look, some of them may look very similar. Anxiety, worry, anger. Those things don't, don't change a whole lot over time, but maybe some of these others just look like, just look like stress. And they look like whatever we would do for achievement get that next step up, get more money. Maybe they look like pornography. Maybe they look like strained relationships and gossip and grudges we hold. Maybe it looks like our attitudes and the things that make us angry on social media or the way we react to the things around us with anger or despair. Maybe it's thoughts of inadequacy that keep pressing and pressuring us from the outside, making us fit 
to this world. All these things are constantly doing that. They're just pressing, and maybe, maybe you feel that. I feel that all the time. The weight of things sometimes just, it feels, I, feel, I think there's a reason it's, it's, it's phrased that way, the weight of the world. Because it's a lot, and it's pressing us to conform it like this evil age. And what it's doing is it's molding us to be less and less like Jesus and more and more like the evils of this age. More and more like the evil around us in the world. We need a way to break that. <laughs> right? Alright, he gives us the problem. <laughs> we need something to do about it. How do we, how do we either push back or how do, what do we do? We can't just sit and like let it just continue to smash and mash us into something that the world wants us to be. And God gives us a solution. What he does is he lays this out next. Back in Romans 12... Two, the next part says this, be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Transformed by the renewal of your mind. Now let's make sure we know the difference here between transformed and conformed. I think we've got conformed. I think we know it's the pressing from the outside to make something fit. Applying pressure from the outside to make it fit. Transformed is very different. Transformed is to be made new from the inside. Now, the word here that's used is the same one that we get word metamorphosis from. Think um, the change from one thing to another. So like a caterpillar changing into a butterfly. And this, this, this lines up. This is, if you've been in, in church for any amount of time, you go, yeah, this, this sounds like church logic. It's good. I'm there. Like we're supposed to be made new. Simple. I've heard that a lot. But the word here, and, and, and I know this is, this is starting to get into some word study and thing, but it's super important. See, this word here is used for transformed, it's used three other times in the New Testament. In Matthew 17 and Mark 9, it's used to describe the transfiguration of Jesus. This is when Jesus, when God's glory, when Jesus' glory, his like inner divine essence comes out through Jesus' body. It shines out through him. His face is shining like the sun. Even his clothes are shining white. And we see this, this, again, this inner glorious essence of God coming out through Jesus' physical body. And with those being used, this word being used there, to me it means, it means something bigger for how we're supposed to be transformed. To connect these dots, this transformed used to describe that when God's glory is shining through and showing through Jesus, it points to the goal of, of our transformation that's being said here in Romans. It's to be made new by God in us and becoming more and more like Jesus, having God's glory show through our lives. It's the same concept. What needs to happen is God will make me new, and then God in me has to shine through me. The world can't do that. Spoilers all day in here. I know, I'm sorry. The world can't do that. No matter how hard it presses, no matter what it does to mash and compress, it can't do that. It doesn't matter how, how hard I smash Rex here. Like, he's not becoming something else. And to be completely honest, to crush my little boy's dreams, this isn't a dinosaur. It's still Play-Doh. <laughs> I can't, I can't push this hard enough to make it something else. The world can't press us hard enough 
and make us something new. And it sure can't give us life. But God can. God can, and from the inside, he can change us to be something new, and he continues to change us to be more and more like Jesus. That's what sanctification is. We're becoming more and more like Jesus, God growing us from the inside in our lives and changing us to be more and more like him. Now, the last part of these verses, this verse gives us kind of a look at the process, like the next little piece of the puzzle. We saw earlier that um, our our minds are in pretty bad shape, (laughs) to be honest. How do we get from that 80% negative that 80% negative mind, how do we get from that to a mind that's new and is more and more like Jesus? How do we begin to offer our minds as worship? Well, Paul helps us out again. Super helpful guy this morning. He says this in Colossians 3, starting in verse 12. Put on then... As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience. All these things are starting in our mind. Bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint about another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Here he is again in Ephesians 4. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through the deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds. And he says again here, to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holy. The last one here in Philippians 4, maybe the one that lays it out the plainest or the simplest. We read this together earlier. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, Whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Now I read that and I go, that that actually kind of sounds pretty simple, right? Think about this stuff. Just think about this more. That sounds like the answer. Jesus is, I can't think of anyone more praiseworthy or or a better example of all those lists than Jesus. So, okay, just think about Jesus more. Worshiping with our minds sounds, now, sounds really simple. But I I think I can tell you this, and I think think at least someone will agree with me. For me, this, this is hard. It might be simple. Just because something is simple does not mean it's easy. And for me, this is, this is really, really hard. Worshiping with everything else, I can, I can wrap my mind around that pretty easily. Like, think of, okay, money. Okay, it's money. Take it, God. Do what you want with it. Great. Uh, my time, sure. And a lot of times I can go, what else am I going to do? Nothing better than that. Let's, yeah, let's go, God. I give my time to serve or whatever else it is. My family, yeah, those are, those are, that's a bigger deal, but Yeah, God, I I want them to grow. I want my boys to grow up worshiping you, knowing who you are, hopefully coming to know you on their own and having their own personal relationship. I'm I'm great with that. I want to lead my wife in a way that's honoring to you and worshipful. Yeah, let's do that. Family, good. 
the, my abilities or things I can do, sure, God, go, yeah, I'll, I'll use those things for you. That's, yeah, it's just my other resources, it's just stuff. Yeah, God, take it. But my mind? That's where, that's where, that's where I am. All the things that make me me or make you you, that, they, they live in there. That list from earlier, our memories, our personalities, our ideas, our thoughts, our emotions. All the things that make me me, are, that's where they are. All the thoughts that do or, or don't come out, that's, that's where they live. That's hard. Simple. But that's a much harder thing for me to give as worship than maybe the stuff I have or the things I can do. If we want to offer everything to God, if I want to offer everything to God, if, if I want, if we want to give him our lives, our minds have a huge part of that. They are a huge part of that. Pastor Michael told us last, last week that all God asks for is everything. Yeah. And the questions there are really the simple next questions. Are we, are we willing to give that? Are we willing to give God our minds? All of those little things that make us who we are. Are we willing to give him our lives and have him make us more and more and more like Jesus? Hopefully our answer is or, or becomes yes. <laughs> I mean, I, that's, that's it. Hopefully my answer becomes more and more and more yes. And a continual yes every day, yes. Next day, yes. I want to give you everything, God. Please take it. Take my mind, my emotions, my feelings, the ideas, the memories I have. Shape them with, with your perspective, God. Have who I am become who you are, God. Just like the example of Jesus when we see this transformed. God, I want you to be in me. Make me new, God. And you come out. You be what shows through me. So how do we begin to do that? Well, Paul writes... When Paul wrote the scriptures we looked at in Colossians 3 and Ephesians 4, he used the same phrase, put on, in both. Now, easy to miss here, but in the original Greek, that word carries the meaning of clothe, to clothe. So we think put on, to clothe. So we can read these as clothe yourself and then with these things. Now think about, think about this idea of, of clothing yourself. Something we're all pretty good at, as, as we can see. You do this every day. It's something we don't do once. It's not something that happens one time and then we never do it again. It's something we do every day and clothe ourselves. And it's not something that we do randomly. Now, some of us may, may think, well, no, I don't put a lot of thought into that. You may not. But there is always going to be some level of intentionality or thought that goes into how you clothe yourself based on what you're preparing for, based on what you know is coming in the day. Um, you see what the day holds for you, and then you, you dress accordingly. You prepare for it. So you may just check, is it going to be hot or is it going to be cold? And you, you put on, you clothe yourself accordingly, intentionally. Are you, do you have work that day? Is there a uniform you wear for work? Is it, are you, do you have a football game? Do you, you're going to have to dress yourself appropriately. Are you going skiing? Whatever it may be. Think of it this way. If you show up, this week, say you show up to work or to school or maybe later in the year you go snow skiing or anything you maybe go to. Maybe you've got a wedding to go to. 
Say you show up to that in the smallest swimsuit you got. You ain't prepared for nothing but a bad day. <laughs> like you're getting fired, sent home, you're freezing, you make a lot of people mad, whatever it is, you're not prepared. You didn't look at what was coming for the day and prepare yourself accordingly. You're not prepared to put on, to clothe ourselves with the things that Paul lays out for us is to do it intentionally, with thought, and to do it repeatedly, over and over. Now, there's a lot of ways we can do this, and, and so please think of, think of what that may be. As we, I put a little bit of a list up here, but think of what that may be for you. What can I do intentionally and repeatedly, day to day, that gets my mind more focused on God, that starts to break away from this 80% negative and starts to fill that space with God. Now, again, these are just a few. Maybe it looks like praying throughout the day, continually being in communication with God. Maybe it's reading the Bible, I hope. Maybe that looks, like you, maybe that looks different. Maybe it looks like using a tool like a devotional or Maybe it's using something on the Bible app that you, that you use daily. Memorizing scripture, writing scripture, just where you'll see it. So even if you forget, oh, well, there it is. It's back on my mind. Psalm 119, I've stored your word in my heart so I may not sin against you. Maybe it's something getting a little creative. Maybe it's just setting a reminder in your phone that says, ask the question, how have I seen God today? If I reflected on that question more more days than not, I would be a lot more focused on God because I'd be looking for him. And I'd be seeing the work that he's doing in my life, in the lives of people around me, in my family, wherever it may be. Maybe it's just something as simple as recapping that in your families or to yourself. How have I, how have I seen God today? All these things are, are just, again, they're really simple they're probably not anything revolutionary or new that you, that you or I haven't seen before, but complex isn't the problem. Our minds are the problem. This has never been a tough equation, but it's been something that I know I, maybe not you as much, maybe so, it doesn't seem to get a whole lot easier. As soon as you, you, know, you feel like you get some traction and you go, well, this hits me. And now, well, now I just don't, I mean, my mind, I can just feel it being pressed and pressed and pressed and grabbed. And the answer is, is filling that space, filling our mind with God, with things of God. Again, sometimes, and these, these may look different for, for each and every one of us. They may look really similar. They may be this much different. But whatever it is, think about one of those, one of those things or one of your own that you can commit to do this week. Again, sounds simple, but don't, don't, don't brush it off as, as not a big deal. Because it can sound dif- simple. It can be really difficult to do. And I want us to, and I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to commit to doing at least one of these things all week, every day. I know, that sounds really hard. Every day. But every day. If we do, if you do, I, I promise, I promise your week will look different. If you do it, and it doesn't look different, come find me next Sunday. We'll talk about it. But I'm fully confident that if you and I do this, our week will look different. Because I know a couple of things that will look different. Our worship will look different. Our lives will look different. Think of how much of our lives start, how much of who we are starts in and lives in our mind. 
I know it'll be different because of how much of our lives start or happen or live in our mind. Worshipful thinking has no choice but to lead to worshipful living. It just doesn't. Worshipful thinking will lead to worshipful living. And if we will give our minds and our lives to God, he will take them and change them. He makes that promise. I don't have to make this promise, to be honest. God does. I don't, I don't have to do that. But you can hold, if you want to hold me accountable to it, please do. We're going to pray together, and then we'll be dismissed. But, but please, I want you to, and, and I say this as, as someone who's going to do this as well, commit to at least one of these things every day. However small it is, I don't care. If, you, if, if, you can, if you're doing nothing right now and you can commit to this, do it. God's worth this. He's worth all of it. Whatever version of this gets your mind, gets our collective mind, focused on him more is, is, is not a problem. That's the part of the solution, being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Let's pray together, then we'll be dismissed. God, thank you for who you are. You're incredible. God, the bodies that you have made for us are incredible. Our mind is incredible. And that's a testament to you. God, not to us. You know, however smart or capable we are, God, whatever we can do with our minds, God, that's because of you. God, help us to recognize that as these minds that we have, as a gift that you've given us, and God, that we give them back to you. God, it is no secret to you that our thought life is, is tough that it's difficult, that it can be weighed down, that it can be pressed, that it can be pressured into looking more and more like the world around us. And it feels like that's the biggest thing is everything that's going on around us, all the things that can press in on us and conform us and just pressure us to be more and more like the world. God, help us remember you're bigger than that. And help us remember that we have a helper. You have sent us, God, that you live in us. Your Holy Spirit lives in us, God. Work through your Holy Spirit in our lives. God, transform us from the inside. Make us new. Help us to put off the old, God, and to continually be renewing our minds with things of you. God, help us to think of you as just and praiseworthy and excellent. God, as we go this week, there's, there's no doubt. We all know, God, you know this more than any of us. Things are going to come at us. Things are going to fly in our face. Things are going to want to occupy our mind. Things are going to push us to think negatively. Things are going to push us away from you. Things are going to press in on us, trying to shape us into the evil around us. But God, push back. Push back. Help us to rely on you when we see these things coming, when they happen to us, when we don't see them coming and they happen to us. Help us to remember who you are, a great God, a God worth our time and our worship and our lives and our mind. God, and continue to change us, to make us more like you. God, may who you are shine through our lives. Thank you so much for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. You are dismissed.